Today we're going to study John chapter 10, and we'll review chapter, verse 17 to get into verse 18. Jesus was talking to the Jewish leaders, and he said, The Father loves me because I lay down my life that I might take it back again. Of course, they didn't understand what he was talking about, but he was telling them, I'm going to die, and then I'm going to come back to life. No one can kill me without my consent. And we, we talked about that last time. Jesus was not killed. He laid down his life. He said he gave up the ghost, and that's what he meant. He had the right and the power to lay it down and then to take it up again. He said, because God the Father has given that right to me. Isn't that incredible? And you know, I just want to remind all of us that God gives us life, and when when our body goes in the grave, we have eternal we have eternal life now, and so the the spiritual life within us lives on. But look at their response. I think it's incredible. The Jewish leaders were divided in their opinions about him, and once again, I want to remind you. I just have been thinking about the fact that there's nothing recorded about Jesus doing harm to anybody. Everywhere he went, he, he did good. And yet, here was a man who performed miracles that no one had ever done, and there was division. And of course, I look at our country, and I, I've never seen it so divided. And bad is good and good is bad these days. All the good that we had going for us has turned into bad. And and some of them accused him of being demon-possessed. Can you believe that someone did that? How would you like to accuse Jesus of being demon-possessed and then find out later that he was really God? And others said, well, this doesn't sound like a man possessed by a demon. You see, they had seen Jesus heal the blind man. And they said, can demons open blind eyes? I love their questions. It was in the wintertime, and Jesus was in Jerusalem at the dedication of the celebration, and he was in the temple. He was in Solomon's Hall, when all of a sudden, here come these great Jewish leaders, and they surrounded him. Now, get this question. He's healed the blind man. He's raised the lame from the pool. He's fed the 5,000. He's walked on water. He said, I'm going to die and take up my life again. And here's their question. How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you really are the Messiah, just tell us. And then Jesus answered with a practical answer. I've already told you. You don't believe me. The proof is in the miracles I do in the name of my Father. John 20, uh, 10, 26. You don't believe me because you're not part of my flock. And I just want to remind you that until Jesus Christ comes into your life and gives you the Holy Spirit and empowers you to understand truth, you just can't know it. I find it fascinating that people who are educated and can read and read a verse in the Bible and they say, I don't know what that's talking about. 
It's a miracle. But it takes the Spirit of God to reveal the truth of God. And he said, my sheep recognize my voice, and I know them. And I love that. You see, God knows me. And I'm just like you, just because I teach these podcasts and I've been doing it for a long time. I still have ups and downs in my life. My downs are not as low, and they don't last as long, I'm happy to say. But I still have them. But I wake up every morning lonely because my husband is not here. And the first thing I've trained myself to think about is, Sam's gone, but God is here. And he lives in me. And God is watching over me. He knows me. The God of the universe knows me. He said, I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they'll never perish. <laughs> oh, what a gift we have. I don't have to worry about when I take my last breath. I'm almost excited about it. I feel kind of crazy because the older I get, the nearer I get home, and it's exciting. And then Jesus said, nobody can take my, my sheep away from me. My Father has given them to me, and he's more powerful than anyone else. So no one can kidnap them from me. And here in this verse, he says, I and the Father are one. Not two joined together. They're one. Now, once he said that he gives eternal life and that the Father gave gave his children to him, look at the reaction from the Jewish leaders. They totally resented what he said. They picked up stones to kill him. And then Jesus said, at God's direction, I've done many miracles to help people. Which one are you going to kill me for? And they replied, not for any good work, but for blasphemy. You, a mere man, have declared yourself to be God. In your own law, it says that men are gods, he replied. So if the scripture, which cannot be uh, untrue, speaks of those as gods to whom the message of God came, do you call it blasphemy? When the one sanctified and sent into the world by the Father says, I am the Son of God? You're accusing me of blasphemy? And you don't believe me unless I do miracles. But if I do believe them, even if you don't believe me, you've seen what I've done. Have you ever seen a man that's been lame for 38 years get up and take up his bed and walk instantly? Have you ever seen a blind man see? You know, I think until we are born again, we're lame too. We have trouble walking because we don't know where we're supposed to go or what we're supposed to do when we get there. Life is, is just a, a dark maze until all of a sudden the light comes into your life and God directs your path and you know where to go and what to do when you get there. He said, don't believe me unless you, I do miracles, but if I do believe them, even if you don't believe me, 
And then you will become convinced that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. You see, that's what we need to be convinced of. We need to be convinced that God is three in one. The Father is seated on the throne. The Son is at his right hand praying for you and me. And the Spirit is in those of us that believe. Now, when he told them this good news, they started to arrest him. But he walked away and left them. And I've been looking at the places where murmuring, criticism, confusion began to be stirred up. He just walked away and he left them. And he went beyond the Jordan River to stay near the place where John was first baptizing. And in spite of all those that were throwing rocks at him and wanted to kill him, many of them followed him. John didn't do miracles, they remarked one to another. But all his predictions concerning this man have come true. And many came to the decision that he was the Messiah. And then let's just take the next few minutes to, to look into chapter 11. It says, do you remember Mary who poured the costly perfume on Jesus' feet and wiped them with her hair? Well, her brother Lazarus, who lived in Bethany, with Mary and her sister Martha, was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus, saying, Sir, your good friend is very, very sick. When Jesus heard about it, he said the purpose of his illness is not death, but for the glory of God, I, the Son of God, will receive glory from this situation. So here's his friend, sick to, unto death. And he says, I'll be glorified in this. Jesus was very fond of Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. But he stayed for the next two days and made no move to go to them. He wasn't in a hurry. He knew what he was doing. He knew Lazarus would die and be buried. He knew that he would go and give him his life back and, and he just trusted that many would believe. And after the two days, he said, well, let's go to Judea. And then here come the good old disciples. They objected. They said, well, Master, a few days ago, the Jewish leaders in Judea were trying to kill you. You gonna go back there again? And then Jesus said, which I need to remember, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During every hour of it, a man can walk safely and not stumble. Only at night is there danger of a wrong step because of the dark. And I think when Jesus makes these statements, He's, he's saying more than appears to the, meet the eye. If we walk in the light as he is light, we don't stumble around, as I was saying. But if you walk in darkness, then you don't know what to do. He said, our friend Lazarus has gone to sleep. I love it that he always says death is, to the believer is just sleep. Isn't that nice? You go to sleep at night and 
You get a good night's sleep and you wake up refreshed. The disciples thinking that Jesus meant Lazarus was having a good night's rest said that means he's getting better. But Jesus was saying Lazarus is dead. And then he told them plainly Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there. How about that? I thought he was your friend, Jesus. I'm glad I wasn't there. But this is going to give you, the disciples, an opportunity to believe in me. So let's go. And Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to the disciples, let's just go and die with him. How sad, Lazarus is dead. And when they arrived in Bethany, they were told that he had been in his tomb for four days. Bethany was only a couple of miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish leaders had come to pay their respects and to console Martha and Mary on their loss. And when Mary got word that Jesus was coming, I believe the King James says she ran to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. And Martha said to Jesus, Sir, her respect for him, if you'd just been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And even now it's not too late. I know God will bring my brother back to life again. If you would just ask him to, would you do that? And then Jesus said, your brother will come back to life again. And Martha misunderstood. She said, yeah. When everybody else on Resurrection Day, Lazarus will come back. And then Jesus said, I'm the one who raises the dead and gives them life, life again. Anyone who believes in me, even though he dies, like everyone else will live again. Do you know that's you and me? I just keep reminding you. Because I want you to realize how freeing it is not to fear death. Anybody believes in me, when he dies, he'll come to life again. He's given eternal life for believing in me. Never perish. Do you believe this, Martha? And Martha's answer was, yes, Master. I believe you're the Messiah, the Son of God, the one we've so long waited then she left him and returned to Mary, and calling her aside from the mourners, she said, he's here, and he wants to see you. So Mary went in to him at once. Jesus stayed outside the village, where the Jewish leaders were at the house trying to console Mary, and they saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to the tomb to weep. So they followed her. And when Mary arrived where Jesus was, she just fell down at his feet. She said, if you'd just been here, my brother would still be alive. When Jesus saw her crying and the Jewish leaders wailing, he was moved with indignation and deeply troubled. He was troubled because they didn't believe him. He said, where is he? They said, come and see, and tears came to Jesus' eyes. 
They thought he was crying because they were such good friends and how much he loved them. Then some reminded of what he'd done. He healed a blind man. Why couldn't he keep Lazarus from dying? And again, Jesus was moved with anger because they didn't trust him. They came to the tomb. It was a cave with a heavy stone. Roll the stone aside. Martha said, the smell will be terrible for he's been dead four days. But didn't I tell you that you will see a wonderful miracle from God if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside and Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it because of all these people standing here. And then he shouted, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came. Bound with grave clothes, his face muffled with a head swath. And Jesus said, unwrap him and let him go. I'd like to stop there because I want to talk about what it means to be raised from the dead, wrapped in grave clothes. Thank you for listening. God bless you.